Hey, it's Brian Hayes. It used to stress me out when things would break in my house. Not anymore, though, and I'm sure you can guess why. Jiffy. The other day, my dryer stopped working. Out of the blue, zero heat. But I didn't panic. I just hopped on the Jiffy app. John came that afternoon, and all my wet laundry was dry in no time. Jiffy saved the day once again. Download the Jiffy app or sign up at JiffyOnDemand.com with the code SPORTS for $25 off your first job. Jiffy, fast and reliable, home maintenance. All right, here we go. Overdrive off and running. TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Your home smart speaker up on TSN 4. Brian Hayes, the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Frankie Corrado in here on a Monday, and things are happening. Are they ever? Things are happening. Kyle. I thought today was going to be a hazy B day off, but... <laughs> You're in for this one. I'm always in for the big news. You know that. I wouldn't possibly miss a big news day. And I appreciate that Kyle Dubas is making moves happen while we're on the air. And speak of the devil, he's out in Seattle speaking. So let's start the show off with Kyle Dubas. Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe to our team in exchange for uh, first and 25, second and 26. Um, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev and uh, two picks come back our way um, that are each conditional as well. Uh, so it was our first. Um, so it's we, we feel it's a, another key addition for us and will help us uh, help us. So, sorry about that. That would be very distracting. Uh, but all good. Um, just feeling both players, it, it adds more of what we feel we're going to need to give our group the best chance as we get to get set here for one, clinching our spot in the playoffs, continuing to chip away and get ready for it, and then uh, get ready for the uh, the battle that's to come. Uh, we can continue to push our way and get there. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. And um, I'll turn it over for questions. Um, whoever wants to fire away. I like about the cave. Uh, I think the thing we like about Jake, we obviously played against him a lot when he was in Buffalo. Um, spoke to them uh, in the summer, it was 21 now, going back to it, um, when he was a free agent and coming off of uh, an ACL injury. Um, and um, just always liked how physical he is, competitive he is in neutral zone, and uh, combined with how he can defend and, and move the puck, uh, seems to relish that role. And when we're going through different guys, obviously it's with Jake Muzzin out that creates the, the hole there that we've talked about in previous availabilities and uh, feel like he he fits that and then uh, once we kind of got through the salary part with um, um, uh, with uh, Chicago it, it just kind of fits in and makes sense and I also like the fact that he's got this year and two more to follow and um, you know he's just uh, just 29 years old here now and just turned 29 so um, versus the others on the market still uh, one of the younger uh, of the group so we're excited to have him come in and look forward to working with him uh, obviously he's, he's played very well and with he's mostly been with uh, with Seth Jones there in Chicago and, and done a very good job for them so it's gave us a good chance to see how he would play against top competition each night and we'll leave it to Sheldon and uh, and Dean to sort out how they want to go through that and uh, but we're really excited to have him how about Lafferty uh, Lafferty is uh, someone that we when we played him more when he was in in Pittsburgh, uh, but last year once he went there, it seemed to come alive more uh, with Chicago. Uh, was good in Pittsburgh as well, and then uh, a little bit more opportunity uh, in Chicago. It's, for me, the speed is the number one thing that he brings, but also the versatility, able to play center, able to play wing, um, and then the forecheck competitiveness, tenacity on the forecheck, and able to create turnovers up the ice, be physical, be really competitive. 
um, and this year it's it's kind of it's gone in for him uh, more this year. But um, you know, because he puts himself in in those opportunities with his forechecking ability to get him behind the D. But we're we're getting him for his ability to defend, forecheck, be competitive, and bring great speed uh, to our team, and uh, another layer of competitiveness as with O'Reilly and, and Achari up front. Do you think all these moves kind of change the identity of the mix a little bit for the playoffs? Well, that's what we've tried to do, Jonas. I mean, it, there's no, there's no, uh, no reason for us to, to really beat around it. We, we've wanted to become uh, more competitive. Uh, Sam makes us faster as well up front um, while maintaining the group that we have, and we didn't want to deplete from our, our actual prospects that are already in the system. Um, but that's been the whole the, the goal here, something we feel like in those big moments that we've we've needed and, and uh, maybe we've lacked a little bit of is to just kind of push us over the top of the thing about all three of the fours that have acquired that they, they've also have proven, you know, Sam more so this year alone than in previous, but with Noel and obviously with, with Ryan, that they can they can score and they can score in, in tight of the net where we're gonna have to find a way and where we haven't found a way in, in key moments in the past. So that's that was sort of the goal. It's so like playoff style. Yeah, I don't I hate to get into the whole yeah. playoff style goal. Playoff style, um, uh, anything. It's just trying to find guys that can go to those areas that are harder of the rink and, and score that way as well. Uh, we know we have guys that can score uh, from anywhere at the top of the lineup. It's finding guys that can chip in uh, more from the bottom, and we think uh, we think Noel and uh, Sam can do that. And then we hope our you know we've continued to have our, our own guys in development. McMahon's done that since he's gone back to the Marley. Steve's is he Steve had a, Steve's had a lot of chances when he was here and Holmberg as well. So he's trying to find more people like that that can help put us over the top. How much does what other teams do, like especially in your division, factor in maybe the speed of the top? You know, mm-hmm. Tampa makes that big trade. Boston makes yeah. Yeah, the, neither of those. Tra- I mean, for us, it, I mean, we, it was neither of those really affected. We were doing this talk with Chicago had been going on even before the uh, the Boston deal. So, uh, and it was you know nearly at the finish line or essentially over the finish line last night when the Tampa Bay uh, Nashville deal came down. So, we're we're just we have to focus on ourselves and worry about ourselves and and know it's going to be really tough. Like we've been through it before. We know that that these are elite elite competitors. And at this moment, um, you know, it's it's in on both. Uh, sides of the, the of this format in the East, you're going to have two teams that are in the top six. Uh, if, it, if it finishes this way, playing in the first round, which is great for the fans, uh, but it's it's really tough when you're competing. And, and uh, but I think we relish it, and I think we need it. Actually, I don't I don't think we sh- we uh, of all teams should be embracing it and being ready to go for it. But there is a context to this, right? Like, and you're you're sending a lot of future mm-hmm. more than you probably sent mm-hmm. at previous deadlines mm-hmm. for right now. Like, what makes this team and this moment? And this conference, kind of, kind of worth that. Uh, I, I think uh, there's probably two different ways to answer, Bruce. This this trade more so than the previous one. Um, I see as uh, like these like like McCabe has this year plus two more. Lafferty has this year plus two more. So you're going to get a lot of, of utility from them just over the course of the term. Um, with regards to giving our team the best chance, I think every year we're in it with where we're at right now. We have to give the team the best chance to to win. And um, you know you go through the year because the format is. How it is, you know you're, who you're going to be up against if you finish in the top three of your division, unless you can get to the very top. And then, but even still, like the wild card, like that's a battle on the East right now too. It's it's great for the fans and it's it's great for the game, I think. Um, but for us, it's okay. How do we situate ourselves to best compete? Because just being a fun matchup and being fun to watch isn't good enough for us. It's trying to win. So it's looking to what things do we need to help our lineup, help our coaches, help the others, and then and can we get them? And then with regards to the futures. 
sure we don't want to um, deplete ourselves too much uh, down the road, but uh, if, if we can add guys with term, in which, which we did here, um, we can find ways to, to replace that as we move along. And, and um, we we've, we've have a lot of confidence in our prospects that are already in, as I've, as I've said. So, uh, it, it, of course, it is a is a concern. You never want, if you could have a clean sheet going ahead where you had every pick, that'd be great. But I think we owe it to our group to try to give them the best chance. Do you anticipate Matt Murray coming off LTI this, this week? Uh, we are tracking towards that. It seems like it. So uh, that's the that's the hope. And he's continuing to skate and participate more and more. And it looks looks uh, looks good on that front. So we, we sure hope so. Do you yeah. have to make another move, though? To I, yeah, I mean, we went through this last year, too, where we thought we were going to have to make another move. And then uh, Rasmus Sandin got hurt in Nashville and missed the remainder of the the year so um, an old friend of mine always used to say when time is on your side use it so we'll we'll do that here but we, we kind of know where, where everything is at well we'll see what happens in the subsequent couple games here in uh, Edmonton and uh, in Calgary and then be able to adapt from there. Do you feel like you're done or do you anticipate <laughs> being busy between now and I think we'll still be busy and active and try to find if there's any way that we can continue to improve. I'm, it's at the balance now where you kind of get between, are you, are you changing the group too much? or? Um, but the guys have received the Noel and Ryan so well. I think being on the road has helped. If we got them, we were at home and then we were in uh, Chicago and Buffalo, one home game and then on, on the road trip. So they have to be together all the time. And uh, unlike in the uh, COVID year where you were just in the hotel, they can actually go out and do things together and kind of build that camaraderie. So you've, you've seen that a little... Uh, a little bit here in, in the in the week, and those guys have integrated uh, about as seamlessly as, as I've hoped. And um, I think they're planning on going to the Springsteen concert tonight, so um, which I think would be great. Well, I, I personally would think that's outstanding, but uh, for a number of reasons. But it'll be it'll be good for those guys to come together as well. Do you expect you guys to play Wednesday? I would. I'll leave that to Sheldon, and but the, I, I, they're on their way here now, and they'll be here uh, this evening, and so they'll practice tomorrow and. I would. It's a back-to-back, so it might be some lineup stuff in and out. But um, you know, I, I'll leave that to Sheldon and the coaching staff. Understand you saw guys in person previously. Just what's your thoughts and perspective on his development this year? Well, I think the University of Minnesota and Bob Motzko and his staff have done a great job with him and actually and Michael Kester, uh, our other prospect. He had four points on the the first night against the Ohio State. Um, I think that. Um, They've just done a great job continuing to, uh, you know, to build into Matt's game developmentally the ability to use his size and strength to make plays and, and build space for himself and then take advantage of it. He plays with two other elite uh, prospects, which is, which is fun to watch. It was a fun game to watch on, on Saturday. Um, but he, uh, they, I can't rave enough about the job that they've done at University of Minnesota with him. It's, just, it's, it's being able to utilize his strengths to the best of his ability, which is a huge developmental task. It sounds obvious, but it, it, isn't, as, uh, it isn't as smooth in execution as it is in ideation. So he's, he's come along really well there. And then you know, he, there's less one-on-one forcing plays. It's, it's more playing within their system and, and strengths. And, and then he was imposing himself physically as well. So um, he's, done, uh, he's done good work there, but the staff and, and, the, and the crew at University of Minnesota have been excellent for him. So uh, I think they, they have a bye this week. And then our hope is to see them uh, win the Big Ten Championship if they, if they can, because we've got two guys there, not to cheer for one team over another. But, and and uh, when, when he went back, it was to try to win the national championship. So I think that's important for our prospects is learning how to, those are high pressure one and done games. So 
Um, we hope for a long time he's in them, and this is a good chance to get used to him. One thing with McCabe is he's never played a playoff game. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's played a game that like was a really high-pressure game since he was a world junior. Right. Is that a, like, well, I don't know, what, how do you look at that? I, I have a, a, just a very unique way of looking at it in that we had Ron Hainsey here. Um, who was the same, um, went through his whole NHL career, didn't play in a playoff game, had some of that when he was younger, and then went to Pittsburgh and stepped in and was a key, uh, key part for them in, in winning the Stanley Cup. Um, and I actually uh, went back and forth with Ronnie this, this morning about that. Um, you know, you, you, you never know. Um, it's, you'd love to have guys who've all won before and all done it, but I, I just think the way that he plays is the best probably projection of how he's going to be in those moments. So, um, you know, he, he plays with high pressure, physically competitive, and, and uh, doesn't really give an inch to people, and that's what we're going to need in those moments. So we, we think it'll translate well, but it's, it is interesting. And it's just luckily knowing Ronnie a little bit from having him here kind of gave me the... Um, more comfort in the fact that when you look at it and it's some of it's circumstantial right it's just he was with buffalo just before they kind of took off and and um and um you know they're they're kind of on their way now and and that's sometimes just the way it goes is there any concern whatsoever that nice won't sign are you 100 confident oh i never know i mean it's not a discussion we've we've had um you know at, at a great deal of length luke so until any player actually goes down that path i um I don't know. I, I don't have any reason to be heavily alarmed at this point, but uh, um, our focus is for him is on helping his team win uh, win the Big Ten, and then uh, hopefully they can they can push to win the national championship. We would have some other guys that are pushing along the way as well in college hockey, but he obviously set that as his goal going back in the rank number one. So um, we don't want to distract him with anything, and certainly don't want to distract distract their program. On a personal level, what's the last few weeks been like for you? From the outside, it looks like there's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Feel some satisfaction here with the moves you made. Is it more? more? Uh, like, how are you? No, I, I, I mean, never been asked that. Thank you, Mark. Um, but um, I, this to me is the most fun time. Like I said to the guys this morning, as we were kind of pushing it across the finish line. Like when you're, I don't know, unless you've been like in there doing it. Like uh, the moments when you're just getting a trade that you've worked on for a while to the finish line. It's the most exciting part of it. And then you know, seeing the guys come in, like Noel and Ryan. Um, and, the, and not even their production, but just the way that they've played and helped the team, and then the way that the guys react to it, and where we're at. Like it's, this to me is the most exciting time. And I don't, I don't know about the, I don't, wouldn't say that it feels pressure. You feel a, a duty in this job to do everything you can to help the group of people that are that are part of it, the staff and the players. And we're fortunate here to have great staff, great players um, that. Um, that deserve everything from my end to help them get over the top and reach their potential, which is to win. So um, this to me is the most exciting time. And then the trade deadline comes and you're kind of on the trail that Luke was just asking about, which is going to see your guys in college and Europe that are going to be coming over soon and, and then ready for the draft. But this is, I mean, I, this is the most fun part of this, really. I mean, it's, you know, whether you want to call it pressure or not, I, I don't know, but it's a lot of fun. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right, there it is, Kyle Dubas. He's excited. Yeah, he's an excited guy, and he like he brings up uh, a couple of really interesting points throughout that uh, media scrum, where he's talking about his excitement, what he's bringing to the team. He feels he owes it to the team to give them the best opportunity to win. And I also felt there's a clip that we'll try to play here if we can turn this around. Asked about how difficult it's going to be to get out of the East. And I've, he knows his team as well as the general public knows his team. 
He said they they actually need to relish that, and that's probably good for their group. And I think what that says is this team plays down to their competition, and they play up to their competition. And it's factual. Like, if they played a seven-game series against Arizona, I think they'd win. You'd be a little worried. (laughs) I think they'd beat them. But I don't. They'd drop a couple games. They'd 100% drop a couple games. And mentally, what Dubas has done here, I think the message he sent is, Let's go get it. All you can yeah. do is put your best foot There's forward. There's nowhere to hide. There's yep. nowhere to go hide, for it. Easy. It's like both of these teams are in a division. You're going to get one. It's going to be Tampa. And then after that, you're probably going to get the Boston Bruins. Whether that be in the second round, third round, whatever it is, you're getting those two teams. But the reason you get in and the reason you bolster your team is because of what happened a couple of years ago to the Tampa Bay Lightning when they play Columbus. Maybe you get through a round. And somebody knocks off the Bruins. You, you just never know. Yeah. That's why you bolster your team. And they got real quality players. I don't know if they'll do any more. That roster, that's the, you know, we're going to go through some different scenarios today. Frank DeChambeau is going to tee up some possibilities as far as how oh. their decor will set up. Yeah, we'll get into Maybe that. Maybe some different options. Hazy B, you were a D-man. You can mix and match. <laughs> yes, you, played. Like. you played. You know. Yeah, and I, I know. I was... You left-handed guys, shot, just like you guys were the left. You were a left-handed shot, Hazy B. That's right. And Frank DeChambeau was a right-handed. We shot. We would have made a good D pair, pretty dynamic. I think a lot of versatility. Yeah, there. very a lot of versatility. But you know what? Oh, like there's like we're a going human... in a different direction than I thought with that talk. <laughs> but let me finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you bolster your team, and that team that they're going to put on the ice with those additions, pretty damn good hockey team. Yeah. And if the big boys do their thing, and everyone else on the outside contributes. You, 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 they're going to be a tough out. Absolutely. They all got to play. It always, all... it always comes down to the top guys. You've been saying it all week, right? Like, if those guys are really cooking, it's going to be hard for the other teams to handle. But, oh, to your point, there's like a human ele- element involved in knowing right from the get-go that something is going to be hard, and you kind of set your mind out, and you know you understand that, and you know that's the mindset I need to be in. If you're in this guessing game where you're heading into the playoffs and you're like, ah, oh, it would be nice if we could catch the Pens or the Islanders, right? You're kind of like hoping for that easier route. There is no easy route here at all. That's not even a thought in your mind. No, you're already that's when you committed get your to ass the, handed to you. Exactly. And now, like, that's what Kyle Dubas is kind of saying there. We know it's going to be hard. We've welcomed that. We've relished that. And we know what to expect now. That's the mindset for this team. Absolutely. And, and this is a buildup of, we're talking eight years to get to this point. And they still have not won a playoff round. But when you consider they invested in this group eight years ago when they tanked for Matthews. And that was a part of the plan. Unloading money, offering up flexibility, tank for the big dog, and then bring the kids up together. Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. You include the tank year and then the past six and a half. That's going to be eight years of investment into a payoff for these playoffs. And by the way, when the Leafs make a trade, it happens every time. Do not send me the roster from April 2016 with all all of us playing in it. Don't do it to me anymore. That's your team. Stop sending me that that roster on That's your claim to fame, Frankie. trade but that was that's what we're talking about here so yes are there pieces out the door that are valuable of course if you want to make trades you got to push some trips chips in the middle right this is the national hockey league they're not playing the 50 cent dollar no of uh, course not you know that anti game at at the casino down the street that's not going to happen you have to pay a price Yes, they've given up first-rounders in the future. They've given up a lot of first-rounders in the past, and it didn't pay off. But you got to pay to play the game, and this may be it. 
Maybe it's a two-year window, right? You got Matthews on term for this year and next. You got Nylander this year and next. McCabe comes in. He's got two years after this deal. Uh, or after this season, Lafferty's got another year on his deal. And he's 50% retained. And 50% retained. So you got him $2 million. Exactly. And I think what Dubas has done here, because I credit him, I, he's, he's been an aggressive GM since he got the job. You can say a lot, you can have your opinion on his philosophies, on the way he approaches things. You cannot claim this guy sits on his hands. Nope. He absolutely goes for it. Yeah. He believes in his team. He keeps going back to the mat for his team, and he keeps adding pieces. So if you're Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Riley, Brody, the guys who have been there for quite some time, you owe it to this guy. Yeah. You owe it to this guy because he has gone in for you, man, and he has well, made no your life easier. Is. You said he's been aggressive. He's tried to make the team better. He's detailed on all the different ways in that interview that he has tried to do it. So he's put a real quality team that I've mentioned. Yes. Do we all not agree that that's a real quality Absolutely. team? Absolutely. It was real quality the- before these deals. They're better yes. now. They're Thank better you. now. Thank you. So it can't go from real quality, gave them a real good chance. I mean, I guess if the goaltending stinks in the playoffs, you can say he put his, he staked his claim on those two goaltenders, mm-hmm. and that's what he hitched his wagon to. But you can't just say he's a dummy and he put a bad team together. No, you can't say he's a dummy because all these trades so, that he's made over the years, too, it's like he's always kept the blue-chip prospect at the time. Remember when Lilligren was the kid in the minors? He was like... Sean Jersey's the guy. Carl Grundstrom goes out the door. They're good players, but he always managed to keep that one piece. And this year, it's Matthew Nyes, who he still has. So he's made trades. He's acquired pieces that he wants to bring in, big-time pieces. And he hasn't really had to mortgage too much. He's found ways to get teams to take on Anderson and Gogolev. Or, like, you you name it. Like, there's contracts that, that have gone out that, that don't really matter. From, did you guys see that package that went out the door from Tampa Bay to, for that Janot kid? Yeah. I thought it was the Gretzky trade. I'm like, <laughs> what? That was what? a lot of pieces for a holy for a crap. Good player, but like a third line player. Do like that's what he is. And but here's here's what I think Dubas has learned from Tampa over the last three years and from Colorado because I have found it humorous the last you know almost 24 hours since that deal went down. The people goofing on Tampa as if they care what anyone thinks about the way they operate. And if they haven't proven for the last three years, this is how you have to operate. Because if you find a player you like, you pay for them. You go out and get them. And that's what Tampa's done. That's what Colorado did a year ago. And I think that's what Dubas has proven here, is he's picked up on those P's and Q's. Not guaranteed to work. Not guaranteed to work. But they wanted Janot. So they overpaid for him. The Leafs wanted McCabe. I guarantee you there were other packages on the table for McCabe and Lafferty. The Leafs paid a little bit more to get the deal done. They would have had to. Same thing with O'Reilly and Achari. A little bit more. Because if you want to give your team the best opportunity, you got to pay the price. Also, think about this from a Tampa Bay... And that's what they've done here. From a Tampa Bay point of view, right? As much as the NHL is hockey and all that stuff, it's a business. Think about the playoff revenue they have brought in year after year after year. You don't think that's good for an organization, and now they see a window that is still very much wide open? They don't care about those draft picks, man. They see a player in Janot that they can bring in and extend that window and add to that core. And, like, look at Chicago. For years, they were in the playoffs, right? And now it's like, that's gone. And they're going to have pieces at some point, Tampa Bay, where they can have a fire sale and bring back all those picks and well, recuperate all those Well, I think that's important things. to point out here with the Leafs as well, that when you're 
the manager of a team. You don't operate in three-month windows, right? Yes, these deals are going to have an immediate impact, and they are for this playoff run. But you always have a three-year plan, a five-year plan. And I'm sure they have... And a now plan. And a now plan. But I'm sure Dubas and, and Shanahan have worked out every possible scenario for how you can recoup picks, how you can recoup prospects if it gets to that point. Yeah. And I think two players that are at the front of that are possibly Matthews and Nylander this summer, where even if you win the Cup, you might have a tough decision to make. Sure. Or those players might make that decision for you. And if it got to that point where you had to trade one of those guys or you felt like it made sense, you're going to get a ton of picks back. These guys aren't done. A ton of, ton of prospects hey, back. Hey, would you trade a cup for just an absolute fire sale? Yes. I've said that for, I remember dropping those hypotheticals 15 <laughs> years ago when I got on the air in Toronto. 15 years ago, opening up the phone line saying, would you accept one cup for the next 20 years where you're dead last in the league? And I and said yes at that yes. point, uh, and I'm even more adamant about it a today. A lot of people would take that deal. At, a lot of people would call in and take that deal. They it's would. been Think over about, 50 years. Playoff series. Think about just one playoff series. Right. 18 years. 18. It's, Thank I'm, you, Jeff. 18 for a playoff series win. Over 50 for actually a cup win. And I was on the morning show today, and I, I'm curious if Carlo adjusts his opinion tomorrow. Because Koliakova was going on about how... For him, it's a success if they if they simply win one round, right? And that's fine. I think he shares. I think a lot of people would share that opinion. I think what Dubas has done in the last week and a half tells you that that will not be acceptable. You don't trade multiple first round picks for four wins. No, you no, you don't no. build this up for eight years for four wins and, and no. tip your cap and say I'm happy with the job. The only thing no, I would you say, you don't go into the locker room in Boston if you lose that series and say. You guys did what I thought you were going to do, so good job. <laughs> right. No, that's, no not, that's not how it works, and that would never happen. That's not the standard, but if they did win a round and they lost to Boston in the second round, it wouldn't be like the end of the road here because he's bolstering his team because he says, if I don't do this, I know for a fact we have no chance of winning the first round. So he kind of has to. Yeah, but that's not that's not answering the question. Like that, this is more of a hypothetical about how people will react, how the organization would react if they only went around. Listen, beggars can't be choosers. It's right. been a long time, and you you what the way I answered the question today is you re you adjust after every playoff round. It's been so long; it's as if collectively. The fans, myself included, have forgotten what that's like yeah. because it's been so long. Who knows who you're playing in the second round? Today, it's just a foregone conclusion that it would be Boston. What if Pittsburgh beats them? What if the Islanders somehow, it's a miraculous upset? You're telling me you would accept the loss to the no, Islanders? No, no, then it adjusts. Of course not. Of course it's then going to it adjust. adjust. So you cross that bridge when you get to it. But at this point, it's about stacking up with Tampa. Tampa is still loaded. I still think with these deals, you're talking... Pretty much a coin flip, but the Leafs are a really good team. They were a really good team two weeks ago, and I think with the additions of O'Reilly, Achari, Lafferty up front, that's high impact in O'Reilly, quality depth in the other two guys, and McCabe is a good defenseman who will give yeah. you good minutes. And you know what he said that's about quality work by Dubas because you know, he wanted them and he went out and got them. You know what he said about Lafferty that stuck out to me? Someone who can score goals in a tight area in and around the net. That's been something like they score from distance, right? But when the going gets tough in the playoffs, oh, it's like you can't score from distance, man. You need someone to score in and around the blue paint like mm-hmm. Achari did the other night, like he's saying this Lafferty guy can do. So I like that. Well, it's not like he's going to be third on the team in scoring in the playoffs, but if he can contribute with some kind of depth goal because you need it. 
We talk about the stars all the time. They have to be the guys that drive the bus. But if it's a grindy game, and we've seen a bunch of them in the playoffs the last couple of years, some against Columbus, some against Montreal, some against Tampa, you need that one guy to just pop in that greasy goal at the That's end it. of the second period so you're going into the third with the lead. Something to that effect. And he's got wheels. He can make things happen. A bunch of people on Twitter are talking like they know this guy like the back of their hand. I've Dude, never heard of he's the guy a depth player. They, they don't he's know a depth well. player. Yeah. Well. I had to ask well. around what this cat was all about. I just said great speed because someone told me that yeah, today. They that's know, they know a him fact. just as well as Lafferty Daniel from the movie Happy Gilmore. Yes. I don't I'll bet you O doesn't know that reference. Really? My no, guess is so he's stupid. Somehow. We don't talk like that on this show. <laughs> hey, so, did you ever did did you know anything about Lafferty? Did you know the scouting report on him? No, I, the same thing you did. Wheels exactly. and you know, he chips in. It's a depth piece. He's wheels and he chips <laughs> he in. Wheels and he chips in. That's the analysis. That's the breakdown. Yeah. But the beauty of bringing in a piece with, you know, over 20 games left to play is you're going to get a chance to figure out who he is. Yeah. And I think what this does for Sheldon Keefe is he's going to have to move a lot of pieces around. Right? Like up front, we've already seen O'Reilly play with multiple players. So Chari be in a couple of different situations. Now you bring Lafferty in. Internal competition lower in your lineup, I think, is a good thing. And he's on term. Lafferty's on term this year and next year on a cheap deal. He's put in some, you know, has he got 10 goals this year? Yeah. On a bad team. He's getting more opportunities in Chicago than he'll get in Toronto. But that's what this is. You know, like the any anytime you can bring in pro, pro players who are veteran players, doesn't guarantee they're going to play. Doesn't guarantee they're going to play a ton. Got more options at least. But more options. options you believe in. That's what it, you know, exactly. You don't have to bring up some kid. Like remember when they were playing Nick Robertson against Columbus because they didn't have anyone else. They right. didn't have that that next tier of kind of pro level depth. And that's what it likely does. Obviously Anderson is on his way out, but Simmons is no longer probably an option for the team. Bringing up an American Hockey League player yeah. likely not an option, and he still might not be done. You know, Dubas said he's going to... I wouldn't be surprised if he made another move. No. I'm not sure who that's going to be or what position they're going to look at, but... I think at some point someone's got to go out the... It's just crowded, right? Like, now you start mixing and matching the lines. You're like, where's Lafferty going to play? You know you have Achari as the fourth-line yeah, center. Somebody's probably got to go out the door here. Some, yeah, there's yeah the be money's got to make sense at some point, yeah. too, right? But, um, yeah. Dubas has been active for sure. Ray Ferraro's on the show today. We've got Ray coming up just after five. So we'll get Ray's take on all of this and what the Leafs have done and how he feels about how they stack up against Tampa, Boston, Carolina, the Rangers. A lot of big teams in the East, but the Leafs are right there. Uh, John Schneider on the show in an hour. Jay Skipper coming up. We'll get into the rules and like a lot of buzz over the weekend about that pitch clock. Will man. we ask about Kikuchi, you think? I, we got to ask yeah, about Kikuchi. We'll he had a couple Kikuchi. of clean In sheets. In a professional manner. Absolutely. <laughs> he looked good. Listen, he's not, what's he going to do? Sell him down the river? He's going to no. say he looks good. We'll they feel good about, about him. And ask about the beard, as we should. So, John Schneider coming up in about an, an hour from now. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. Excellent choice. JP behind the glass. Hazy B, out of curiosity for later in the show, have you got any stunt doubles that are of resemblance? I haven't seen anything that really fits the mold because you're asking. And without being like, I don't, I don't want at six thirty or something a pic of Andre Giant on the screen saying this guy. Is no, he's an athlete though. Like, that guy's a pure athlete. He was a world I, champion. 
That is true. I get it. I get it. I'm thinking like, put him on the desk. Give me an hour break. I come back. If you see a guy, you get a pick. I want to see it. Yeah, you're asking for the public's help and someone that can be your stunt double. Is Mike Trout busy? Like, do we did we reach out to Mike Trout? Pretty sure Dude, Trout. I don't is look like busy. Mike Trout, by the way. You can get like, Mike Ditka. And get Ditka in here. <laughs> you can get Ditka. Ditka's retired. Ditka's yeah. in Chicago, I think. Call up Ditka. Yeah. He'll break I, this down is some not, trades. This is not one of those bits where we're going that direction. <laughs> All right, fine. Ditka's 80. Ditka's 80. I, I, I know a guy that. asked me if I was Ditka in Pittsburgh, but he's 80. Ditka is up there in age, but you put some paint in that hair. He maybe shaves the mustache. There is a resemblance there. And you're not asking for much. You just want to. You're looking for a body double. You're looking for a stunt double that can go in the chair because uh, we're going to be rolling on Friday. Yeah, would you we're go all there like for trade quick deadline. power nap in like your change room or something? Little snooze for four. It happens, Frank DeChambo. It happens like you got to be a veteran. You just have to know where there's a wave where something's coming up that you're not a part of or no one cares about, and you just go for a stroll. Yeah. There's a bathroom way down there near CTV News, and it's like you can hang out in there, and you just got to take a break. You've got to take a break. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I got a tweet here that I have to pay some attention to from Timmy McCluskey, and Timmy asks, maybe talk about how those trades and additions are a positive message to the guys in the room. It's a great tweet. Timmy? That's a great point, bud. It is a positive message. Frank, you've been on a lot of teams. Hazy, I don't know what happened in the O with you. But when you're involved in nothing, kind of like what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing right now, sitting on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're part of the mix. So when your GM's active and new guys are coming in, it gets a really fresh kind of attitude in there. And I'll tell you, the other thing it does is, the coach is always trying to make it work for the new guys. It's like you don't want to see them stumble out of the gate, so they're going to get every opportunity, and you want them to succeed. And if you're a guy that's been kind of comfortable and you've been around for a bit, you might not get that benefit of the doubt moving forward. This- it's like do it or someone else is going to do it, and there's a bunch of different guys. You guys talked about somebody having to, to exit stage left here. That kind of builds some competition where it's like, I don't want to be the guy sitting out, and I don't want to be the guy leaving. So you talk about guys getting fired up to perform and compete. That should do it. There's two conversations that happen. One guy is sour, and he goes, oh, here comes the shiny new toy going right on the power play. And that's the guy who doesn't factor into success and winning. But the big boys, the guys who have been around, the guys who are invested in this team and invested in winning, those guys love it. They can't wait to bring in good players because they know they are responsible for the team's success. So they're happy they got a few more pieces. So decide which side of the ledger you want to be on. Oh, I know the way you would have been. You would have been pumped. You would have been running around the room saying, we got all the boys here. We're going for it now. Frankie, you were the shiny toy for five days, and then we never saw you again. I was the shiny toy for five days, maybe, maximum. There was was a lot of of boards being built at TSN. How does Frankie Corrado fit in? Yeah. And we used them. We, we it, there was a full breakdown. There was a lot of content Dude, I that played, came out of that. I played three games with Dion Phaneuf as my D partner, and I thought I was going to be like a legit NHL yeah. regular. That's a big like, this, like I'm I'm playing with Dion. I'm like this sixty is, sheets, career earnings, yeah, like, like, that type of stuff. Oh, and then they traded him, and then that was like I did just that was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah see they you later. they failed me by trading Dion. That's that's you my story, and I'm sticking into to it. <laughs> real life 
ninja dust. <laughs> like you just went up in smoke and you were gone. Yeah. Well, I think thank you. The messaging from from Dubas here in terms of these deals, the O'Reilly deal, and now the the McCabe deal is no one from the roster has left the team in these deals. I mean, Joey Anderson was around the team, but he was always a peripheral player, not an everyday guy. So I do think there will be some players sweating between now and Friday at 3 p.m. There's a lot, like, they're doing the math, too. Like, there's a lot of agents with messages right now saying, where do I fit in here, and what's going to happen here if Dubas decides to make another move, or if he has to, based on the cap situation. But also, I think... What Dubas just said, and he said it on the record, he was asked, Jonas was right in there. Jonas was poking and prodding. Um, this was like a trivia night on the road for, Duba, for for Jonas. This was a big moment for him. And he was asking about the competitive nature of the players they brought in. And obviously, was that the plan for Dubas? And Kyle said, quote, there's no reason for us to beat around it. We've wanted to become more competitive, end quote. And that is what they brought in. They brought in veteran, kind of grizzled guys it's it's they're not soft players they're nope. not perimeter players like Ryan O'Reilly defines in the muck yeah. type of player oh yeah Achari is a guy that is in it dude he's a bowling ball McCabe is a guy that is willing to play physical this is not Scott Stevens you're bringing in but in the modern game McCabe is someone that will get into the mix exactly and that's what that's what Dubas is trying to do here insulate the big boys who are skilled who have pace who can put up numbers they have to play aggressive too though Right, like that's I think a message here. It better permeate in through Austin and Mitch. You can't be on the perimeter either. No, you better go in there and get involved. But he's helped those guys, and the hardest like that thing, should be the message to the big boys for sure. The hardest thing to acquire is the guys that you've drafted and developed with Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Right, like you acquired Tavares as a free agent, and he's fit in really well. You went out and got guys that play a little bit of a different role here. But that's a luxury you have, man, because you got those guys already internally. Now you're just kind of fine-tuning things with that, like you said, that competitive balance, that competitive fire. And, you know, like I kind of know this regime pretty well now. Like They do their homework as far as personalities and bringing guys in that kind of... not. I'm not going to say don't rock the boat, but kind of fit in personality-wise. They're not bringing in anyone that's not a quality person that isn't going to fit in with that group. So... I mean, if anything, it's just going to add more competitive juice to whoever's there as far as your, you know, your top four guys, yeah. if you want to call them that. Yeah, like they, they got a good lineup, and we'll see what else he does. Um, something to chew on is brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. From touchdowns to tie bites and puck drops to pizza, BP's elite lineup of apps, wings, and ice-cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight. Which trade will have a bigger impact on the Maple Leafs' playoff success? If they have success, do you think it'll be the O'Reilly deal or the McCabe deal? You asking me? Yeah, we'll go around the horn. I think it's the O'Reilly deal. It's the best player involved, right? Like, in, and the, yeah, the resume, that's in the past, but like, just think about what he kind of represents for that group up front. I, I think it's the O'Reilly deal. All day long, Hazy. I always, whenever I have the quiz question, anything, you mm-hmm. always defer to the best player. Champion. Won major trophies, stand, like just that's the guy. Like that's the bigger impact deal. Yes. Well, he is the more impactful player. I just wonder where he stacks up in terms of the impact he can have in terms of the forward group. It's still Matthews. It's still Marner. I think Tavares and Willie are right there. You could argue O'Reilly can find his his role in there. 
I would lean McCabe because of the minutes I think he's going to play. You think he's playing big minutes? I think he is going to play big yeah. minutes. I really do. I think he's a top four guy. I think. Oh, he's, he hundred percent. If is he's a top, a top four, four guy. guy, he's going to play more than O'Reilly. He's going to push guys down the lineup more than O'Reilly might because the Leafs have. They don't have a guy that can play like O'Reilly. Like O'Reilly is kind of a unicorn a game. Like he's and he's going to have a big impact. I think both yeah. of these are positive moves. I just I, I look at what McCabe can bring in terms of who it, I think it knocks Sandine out as of today. You think that's that's the guy that personally out? I think Sandine's that's, out. That's what I was juggling with today, trying to come Guys, up with Frankie. Deep why don't you just why don't we take a break and Frankie will come back with Frank DeChambeau's scenarios, <laughs> the different scenarios for and, the new look decor of the Leafs. Okay. Okay, All right. I like it, and then we got to have answers on which one we we like the most. Okay, well, I I'll leave. I'll, def- I like. I'll defer. I will speak third because okay. Hazy okay. B, you were a defenseman. I I am I am well versed in this. Yes, we'll, we'll we'll snap the pill around here a little bit. Okay, we'll go D to D. We'll go up to O to the back of the net. All right, so we got a lot of different options. Frankie is going to supply us with maybe how he sees the pairings playing out, assuming everyone's healthy and assuming no more deals are made. Although I wouldn't be shocked if they added. One more piece on the back end. Wouldn't be shocked. I'm not holding my breath, but as of wow. now and the information we currently have, this is what we're going to go with. So we'll come back and do that. Ray Ferraro's coming up. Ray will join us in about 20 minutes. John Schneider, uh, skipper of the Jays, in about 45. Overdrive continues, TSN 1050 and on TSN 4. JP. What a tune, JP. Wow. This could be like this could be the galvanizing artist for the Leafs. It could be Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. They're going to the concert. The boys yeah. are going to be feeling good. They got the road trip. Couple days off on the road. Played well last night. Yeah, like they played well last night. Seattle has been a good team this year, and the Leafs went in there and and they took care of business. And on yeah. on Friday night, it wasn't exactly a Picasso, but the Leafs did what they had to, and they won the game. Pretty routine. Like just feels yeah. like it's it's one of those stretches where you just take care of business, even after the, the the start that they had, where it was like they were under siege, and you can kind of understand it. They played Friday. Saturday, you come to the rink, you practice, you fly to the West Coast, and all of a sudden, boom, you got a four p.m. game in Seattle. But give them credit, like they turned it around pretty quick, and, oh, and the goaltender was a big part of that. I thought at the beginning it was going to be a gong show. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I really want to watch this, if this is what's going to happen tonight. But the good teams could turn it around after a bad 10 minutes, get the, the jet legs out, and they were good. They were dynamite. Yeah, they yeah. really played well. And Matthews got on the board, and that's significant. Huge. Flowers to the coach for making that transaction yeah. happen. you got to get your big boys. Austin Matthews is one of those guys that's worth him getting on the scoreboard. They've had success with Marner with those guys, but he said, I need this guy to get feeling good about himself, and he made the transaction, and Matthews is worth that. Yeah. Some other guys, it's like, you know what? you got to figure it out. we got we got success going elsewhere. you got to figure it out. That was worth that transaction, and Keith gets his flowers for that move. Well, and speaking of transactions, though, we're going to see some transactions on the back end. So maybe you want to try and figure out what the D pairs are going to look like or what your optimal D pairings would look like. Yes. Why don't you break it down? You're, All the, right. you're the defensive analyst. What wow. do you have for us? You, you, come, at, you come at us with something, and I'm going to tell you if you're full of it or you need to be removed Ooh. from the show. Okay, I know which formation i like the best i will not tell you which one i like the best i'm just going to roll through all five you ready okay wait a minute five is uh, we got a few minutes here okay like, let's five do three. is probably pushing it let's do give three. me your three and make sure the best one is in there okay <laughs> okay <laughs> like we, did, we don't have an hour and a half all to right. break down defensive pairings. option number one 
Morgan Riley and Jake McCabe, McCabe being on the right, TJ Brody and Justin Hall, Mark Giordano, and Timothy Lilligren. Mm. So that would have Sandine out of the line. That would have Sandine out, correct. Okay. I, I kind of think that's where Keefe would lean right now. You think so? Yes, yeah. I think Sheldon Keefe. I know Justin Hall is a guy that gets people buzzing, yeah. and I understand why. It's not, he's not the most reliable that piece. That second pair is a little... It's eh. not ideal, but yeah. I think Sandine is younger. I think he's he has been erratic. I think they concern themselves with him being pushed out of a game. And uh, I think that is the li- I will say I think that is likely a lineup that Sheldon Keefe will try and likely trust. Yeah, he's going to tinker a bunch, Jeff. Yeah. That second pairing almost morphs into like a third pairing almost yeah. for me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I like it, but I don't know if I love it. All Go right, moving on. Moving on to option two: Morgan Riley and T.J. Brody. Mark Giordano and Jake McCabe and Rasmus Sandin, probably with Timothy Lilligren. I just put Justin Hall as the seventh player. There, one of those say. two on the yeah, right one side. One of those two on the right side. Hmm. Okay. Um, I kind of think that this what what we might be looking at here. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want all your grizzled veteranness in one pairing with mm. McCabe and Geo? Not sure about that. But I do think I might like this one more than the last one, Hazy B. I like. I will say I like that combination of the top four. I, I like Geo because of his age; it keeps coming up. But I, I think he's been effective, and I think he will continue to be effective. I, I would pull the pull him back a bit down the stretch and not drive him into the ground. So yeah. I might don't take him out of the Don't you think he's the, the kind of guy that, that come playoff time you could say? We don't care how old you are right now. Absolutely. Exactly. That's playoffs. it, man. If you need to win one round in the playoffs, and that kind of brings me to option three, Jeff and Brian, mm-hmm. my personal favorite. Ooh. Morgan Riley and Jake McCabe, Mark Giordano and TJ Brody, Rasmus Sandin, and one of Lilligren or Hall. we're in business, Frankie. Shambo. Heavy top four minutes, 20 minutes a night for the top four. The third yep. pairing plays 10 and a half, 11 and a half at the most, and you just will your way to a first series win. What yes. do you think? I, I think you're on to something with that combination of the top four. I do. I, I that That's the way the playoffs operate. You get into the biggest games, the third pairing, they might play eight minutes. Yeah. They might. You Who might cares? have to drive your top four into the ground. Yeah. So put your best four forward, and I think that combination is probably what we're talking about right now. One of the better segments we've done on the show. Very good. Rockstar stuff. Now I'm curious about the other two options. We'll slide them in later After in the show. dark. At- what about quickly before Ray? Maybe quickly yeah. before okay. Ray. I like that yeah. idea. All right, Ray's coming up in the next hour. John Schneider coming up in the next hour. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 4.